Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to it. Welcome into another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Bob Ryan and uh, Bob, what do you got on there? I, I can't. I can't read that chart. What do you got? Pickle Fieldhouse. Oh, there it is. I spent many a days in there recently. Many, yeah, yeah. many a day. Yeah, I bet. I bet you're not. You can. You can wait a while before you get back. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I just, I just thought I'd celebrate the fact that Brad Stevens said he's not coming. He's not, he ain't coming to Indiana. Just so anybody knows. That was a strange, uh, strange um, way of putting it. Uh, to me when when I don't know if you listened to that but I, I, I just read I didn't hear him. yeah it, it was basically like I owe the Celtics this I wouldn't leave them now um, it, it wasn't like a ringing endorsement of <laughs> I'm gonna be here and and I want to be here forever and maybe it's because listen you know Celtics haven't been very good this year and he knows there's some rumblings out there that Fans, some fans want him gone. Maybe, maybe he's heard that and he understands that. But you know, Brad Stevens wasn't going to leave, and this is what I tell everybody: he's not going to leave in the middle of a season unless he's fired. He is not going to up and leave. Now, he may leave at the end of the year and say, "Hey, this isn't working out, Danny. Let, let's go in a different direction." But he he is not going to up and leave the team uh, unless Danny Ainge fires him. He's smart enough as are so many others, to know history. Very, He's not going to be a lifer. He's not going to be there 15 years. Think about the history of the NBA. I can only, just jumping out at me, only two guys jump out at me that were one team head coach guys of, of legend. Yeah. Red yeah. and Pop. Yeah, it's crazy. They just jump out at you. Riley, different teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jackson, famously, yep, two teams, teams. Yep, um, yep. on and on. I don't care for the most part. You know, I mean, I'm talking about the true legends. So, you know, uh, some of the rest of them, that uh, they, they, they did two, three, four teams. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's well, not, how he, many guys leave? How many guys are going to leave on their own free will in the middle of a season? Like how many, how many coaches have ever done that, Bob? Well, very few, but there's always an extenuating circumstance. Don Nelson in, in New yeah. York. 
He never should have taken that job. He wasn't ready to come back from his, he had a, you know, he wasn't, it was too stupidly soon. Um, what was the circumstance? When did, a uh, rally left after the season, right? With the famous facts. Yeah. Yep. yeah okay. Um, no, not Nelson. I don't know that. I can't think of any too it many. It doesn't others. happen often. No, it's no. Just, so, and Brad is not the type of guy to do that. There's some coaches that you would say, okay, you know what? You know, like yeah. Larry Brown, right? Like a Larry Brown, you would have expected Speaking that. Of no life for, you know, yes. I mean, so that's more the norm. Larry's an extreme. Right. Larry is a, a, you know, is a pejorative. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a reference point of how crazy it can get. Right. You know, Brad's, kind of the, other, Brad's the other way. Brad, yeah. I mean, he, all I'm saying is that Brad knows it is not likely he will have another, this isn't his last coaching job. No, and no. That, he knows that he's too young to know. And he knows that. And and so, you know, I think it was a classically well-crafted, well-stated, um, honest answer, uh, you know, to the circumstance. So anyway, um, I, that, 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 not easy, but, you know, do you, do you believe for one second that $70 million? Yes. yes. Oh, you do. Oh, I do. Oh. I do. It was right around there. I was told the figure that was a little bit different. Uh, probably closer to six and a half million a year, but yes, you're, you're Mike Woodson. What are you thinking? I mean, not that you expect to get that, but, but, but Brad, here's the thing. Brad did take Butler to two championship games. Like I know that, and, and, and Brad's I, I, got I, a job. Brad's got an NBA head coaching job. So you know, in order to get him, you're going to have to overpay. I saw there was a story that that I think it was Deadspin or something like that that wrote, you know. Mike Woodson should feel horrible about this. I'm like, no, uh, Mike Woodson was an assistant coach in the NBA. Brad is a head coach for the Boston Celtics. And by the way, what he did in the college ranks, I'll put up against almost anything ever uh, done before getting Butler from the horizon league back to back, to, back to back to back championship games, Bob. That's an insane doing it clean and come that very close. close. Right. To winning the first one, and by the way, I don't think about the second, the Hayward shot, first one. I right. think about the one before that on the baseline, which was his shot. Yep. Not not a heave. You want a heave, you you get a sug shot. Right. Fine, that's luck. It is. It's luck. But you know, but he had his shot in the baseline of the possession. He did. Before. No, they absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, we digress. let's get on to something a little bit more. Um, uh, we newsworthy. A we're looking bit. at history. We are looking at history. We're looking at history. A man. Is is in a league that's been in operation seventy five years with uh, any number of first name names, Hall of Fame legends. The league has been built on guys with one name. You know, Russ, Wilt, Magic, Larry, Michael, Kobe. You know, on and on. Steph, what he's doing? But I mean, I I would assume that if anybody is listening or watching us, they have a pretty good idea. But I'm just going to very quickly say. I'm going down the last 11 games in order. 32, 36, 37, 41, 32, 38, 53. And by the way, starting with that game and the next four of his ne- of next five games, double figures in threes. 53, 42, 33, 47, 49. He's 78 for 158 on threes. Just under 50%, just a hair under on threes in these 11 games. The world... Jeff it's, has never seen anything like this type of shooting. Bob, he, he's averaging his career high right now, 31.4 points a game. 
And he this is a guy that played five games last season. They were horrible. It's not like he missed a significant amount of time, and he has come back on a team without Clay Thompson and, and, and been more effective. You know, like he's shooting 49% from the field, Bob, 43% from, from three, 92 from the line still. Naturally. I mean, this is a guy who, who, who again, is in what? Three, six, nine, twelfth 12th year. 12th year, and he's playing the best basketball of his career, Bob. Listen, he amazes me. And, and he is just so exciting and fun to watch. And the biggest compliment I can give Steph, here's the biggest compliment. Uh, on the court, he's amazing. Off the court, he hasn't changed. Steph is still the same dude. Good to know. Other than, obviously, you know, everybody knows who he is now, as opposed to when he was at Davidson. Uh, or even as a young guy coming into the league, but like Steph Curry hasn't changed. Like I'll see him in the locker room when I, when I, you know, when I see him and he'll come right up to me before the game, whatever, and just start talking. And, and that's not a lot of guys, No, I like know. a lot of guys at his level are big timers. Uh, they don't want to talk before games. They don't want to talk after he, Steph is just Steph. He, he really hasn't changed. And that's it. It's awesome. I mean, he's one of those guys that, that again, like just gets it in every single way. And I like his like celebration kind of dances. I don't mind it from Steph because I don't think it's coming from like a major showboating place. That dude could showboat on every, every shot he makes if he wants to. And he doesn't. What's underrated is how well he goes to the hoop. Yeah. yeah. When he's not making – Awesome threes. And from what we now, let's face it, he has given birth to a new spot on the court, Jeff, officially. Curry land. If yeah. someone makes a three, two, yes. three, four feet behind the line now, we automatically say he's, that's from Curry land. It's he has crazy. made that a, a, a shooting location that others are now emulating. And, and you know, it's, it's just. Yeah, look at Dame Lillard, right? Like if, if Steph doesn't come along, is Dame Lillard ever Dame Lillard? No, I, I don't think so. Right. I mean, not to this way. No, I, it's an inspiration. And he's changing. You know, you know how I feel about the three. Okay. But that's as long as it's here and I can't do anything about it. Uh, you, if you're going to use it, you might as well use it the way he uses it. <laughs> he has every right to crank up these shots, you know. And um, so, you know, it, it's. it's so, uh, so, all right, Bob, here, here, as somebody who is such a historian of the game and has seen everybody for the most part come through. Yep. So when Steph. Uh, let, let's say he plays, what is Steph now, 32? 33. 33, okay. Let's say he gives it another four or five years yeah. and plays at this level. I don't know if they're going to win another title. Let's say he does not win another title, for argument's sake. Let's just say, you know, they're, they're in the mix, but they don't win another title. Where does Steph Curry go down? among the greatest players, not shooters. Oh, right, players, no. Forget about shooters. Like, yes, he's arguably the best shooter of all time. But players of all time, where, where, what range does he go in right now? You know, I, we, we, you know, we know, we know for sure he's in the top 20. Now we can go down. I'd yep. have to say, how can a guy with this, this proficient at this important aspect of the game not be in the top 15? Now we get down to the 10 and we start thinking about the names that we're talking about and who has to get kicked out, you know, and, 
and uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting. I've, I've thought about this a little bit, you know, where, where this guy's going to rank when we have to acknowledge I'm, I'm one of the many saying he's the greatest shooter we've ever seen. So that's yeah. a rather good calling card for the entrance into the discussion of greatest player. Just since it's not like he ignores defense. It's not like he's horrible. It's he's not actually like, gotten better. I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. He was horrible coming in the league, but I, I feel like he's probably above average now. And the other thing is, oh yeah, uh, where does, yeah, you know, 38 points. Oh, and 10 assists. He can get you 10 assists. He can get you 10, 12, 8, 9, 10 assists. Yes. They, they come from somewhere. Um, so the thing that's interesting is I had this discussion with someone the other day. Um, they said, where's he rank among point guards? I said, he's not a point guard. I right. refuse to rank him as a point guard. He is a guard. Guard. He is a two who can pass. He's a two who passes. And that's what he is. He is not a pure instinctual uh, job description point guard. Uh, I don't care, by the way, but the, don't be telling me he's a point guard. I'm sorry. He is a two who can pass. And so I, I think. And I'll, you, and I'll give you another one. Another one. Historically. Yep. Who, by the way, I don't want to. People are starting to, you know, forget. Uh, Allen Iverson. He was a two who could pass. Yeah. Yeah. What he was. Score. He really could score, but you're yeah, right. He's a he great could... consummate scorer. And he could pass, but that wasn't what he was all about. John Stockton, that's a point guard. You know, I mean, uh, Rondo, you know, that's a point guard. Uh, a, but not not these guys that we're talking, not, not Steph Curry, not a point guard. I mean, this is just, now, this is an academic artistic discussion. I didn't answer your question, which is where are we going to rank him? Well, can, can think, you put him ahead of Kobe? Let, let's start there. Let's start with Kobe or Steph. Now, Kobe, obviously, is gonna, he's going to win more titles. Uh, he's going to have more titles unless Steph goes on a run here, which I don't expect. It's a um, hard one because Kobe was such a consummate two-way player. You know, Kobe right. is, is the yes. one, one A Michael right. at that regard. Uh, if, if I had to win a game tonight and the, and I had both of them at their A game, yeah, I'd take Kobe. I'd have to. How about Shaq or Steph? Oh, well, I'm not, a, I'm not the world's biggest Shaq fan. So you so go Steph. I, I put him on the pecking order historically ahead of Shaq. Yes. Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, who's going Duncan, in the Hall of Fame? Go. He's the greatest power forward ever. He's he, no Duncan. All right, look, all right. let's talk about the inviolates. First of all, um, you know, I, I say this all the time. Any of these discussions, there's three centers off the bat. I know centers don't exist anymore, but they yep. did exist, and and they're their basketball history. So yep. in some order you want, I'm not even going to worry about which order. Russell, yep. Kareem, and and Wilt are in the they're in the top ten and yep. in the top maybe even top five. Now you got Matt, then you got Magic and Michael. I mean Magic and and and, and Michael. That's five. You got Larry, that's six. You got Duncan, that's seven. That is my top seven for sure. Well, LeBron. LeBron. And LeBron is eight. I'm sorry, yeah. Eight. Right. right. Okay. Right. LeBron and Larry. There's your that's eight. your top eight. Four, I, I, I sure. can't disagree. All right. Now we now the fun starts. Right. Right. Now it's <laughs> where who's next? Who's next at this point? Is it open? Is it open? Is Steph in the mix? Is Yes. He's in the mix. In the mix. You have the old timers. You got Oscar and Jerry. You right. have to, you know. Kobe, you got Kobe. You got Akeem. Right. You got Akeem, who's the, the, the greatest non-American born player. Can and, KD and get the there? Can, can KD get in that mix? A little bit lower. Got now, it. I know people equate him. I mean, what would you take, Duncan or, or, or Garnett, if you had to? You know, kind of Duncan. Thing. Duncan over KG every day. 
for me. Okay. Well, that, you know, but they were great peers and rivals, yeah. you know, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, I and just go, t- I go Duncan over KG. Uh, no, I think Garnett is in the 15, you know, with 20 ish. Yeah. Along with, along with Dirk. Don't forget. Yeah. Dirk. Yeah. Yeah. Duncan Dirk would be there. Um, Where's Jerry West? Jerry West and Oscar, you know. Uh, uh, I, is Jerry West I, closer to 10? Are you playing? Yeah. Well, he's, I, I, it's hard, you know, we just take Kobe or Jerry, you know, kind of, but that's the, the great Laker quandary. And I, I have to grudgingly, you know, admit that I'd have to say, I'd have to say Kobe. I would too. No? I would too. No, I didn't see Oscar, Oscar, oh my God, people, see the, the kids, no, the people today just don't have any concept of, right. of what Oscar was. So you just look at the numbers and, and you know he was the most metronomically perfect uh, technician of all time, Oscar. Oscar was a human clinic every night. How to how to pass, how to dribble, how to shoot, how to rebound. His technique was flawless. Uh, you know, and he was. Steph's gonna be. It, it, Steph's gonna be the best player of this era, is he not? Is there any? I mean, like KD would be the only one. KD is. Uh, yeah, KD certainly is. Uh, who could, who could pass? How he finishes out his career. He's certainly in this discussion. Uh, you know, he's a remarkable player. Uh, there's no, no question about it. Uh, uh, hey, do you, do you cringe every time I say that Jason Tatum's going to be a Hall of Famer? Oh, no, no. I, I, I'm I hoping he, he follows that trajectory. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm definitely on his side. You know, I root for him. And, and, I, and I think he's, he's, shown, he's shown us in the world in the last month what he's capable of. Yeah. And, and, now, and he still you know, doesn't look like – one game he'll look dominant. The other night, he, he looked slow. He looked like again, just you know, he has those days where yeah, I, and, yeah. and he tried to explain that a little bit. Yeah. That even texting me, like I just don't feel right all the time. And and he can't really <laughs> no, explain. He, what he, you know, he's he had it. It. Yeah. You know, he had he was he he was positive and he had it. So you know that I think we can give him a, a little slack on that regard. And you know. Um, I'm willing to cut him that slack, but of course, you know, I'm, I'm predictably uh, biased in his favor, you know, so, you know. This episode of the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. 2021 is looking up. New beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. And if part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, well, LinkedIn jobs finds that right person very quickly to make things better. Your job post is absolutely free. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free when you head over to linkedin.com slash scribe. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. As functions are streamlined onto one simple screen, and now you can do this from your mobile device. No matter where you are, no matter where the day takes you, that's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. And let's face it, a hell of a lot easier, right? When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash scribe. Again, that's linkedin.com slash scribe to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Question for me is is if they can get Clay back healthy. And I don't know if Clay's going to ever be what and he I said, was. Two years out, boy, that's going to be some, some haul. Right. I hope they do. He's talking about a, you know, a guy that deserves a better fate. Could they make a run now with LeBron getting older? 
right? Yeah. LeBron's getting older. We're seeing the Nets, and we'll talk about Harden here in a second in the Nets. But, they're, I mean, can you count on any of those three to be healthy? Like, are they really going to have all three healthy? We don't know. Our There's two great imponderables as we look down the road. And, and we don't this, – this, this pointless even talk about it until we see hey, the, them Lakers and them. You know, how, how's LeBron going to be? How's Davis going to be? And then the, the whole thing with the with – the, realize the Nets folks have – the big – this trio has played seven games together. Seven Amazing. this season. I think Amazing. they're five and two in those seven games. they played seven games. I mean, so we don't know what they're going to be at all. They're going to be a mystery guest as they enter the playoffs. And Harden's got this Colossus. hamstring. Right, well, the hamstring is 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 – Acting up, uh, uh, he are... aggravated it, so he may not be back till the playoffs. And if that's Locks the case, can they figure this thing out on the fly? Maybe, maybe, maybe. in the East they can. Yeah. And again, the good thing for them is they're looking across the aisle and they're seeing the Lakers, and they haven't been healthy either. So it's almost no. like a war of attrition to me yep. this year in the NBA, even more so than in the bubble. I think it was easier in the bubble in a way. <laughs> Now it's like because of the condensed season, right? Because they didn't have as much time off after the bubble, the, the teams that went deep till this season. They're playing more games in a condensed time now. I just think you're going to have more injuries. You already have. And now it's just going to be whoever's, whoever's got the healthiest team, you know, come NBA playoffs is, is going to have a chance. And that's where, like, I don't count any of these teams out. People like Milwaukee. Celtics, like, can they win it? Probably Miami. not. Miami. Miami. Yeah, I mean, like, who knows? Miami. Um, I think they're going to be a, a a problem for people in the, in the East. Again. If they get healthy. Right. Yeah, if they, if they get healthy, why won't they be? Yeah, they will. And again, they've got the pieces. They just, like so many other teams, we haven't seen. I mean, listen, the Celtics, they got most everybody back now, but they still don't get their newest piece. He, he's played four games. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, all right, speaking of them, just quickly, Parker, where'd that come from? The, wow. I mean, and then he can score in his sleep. Bob, he can score in his sleep. And then to sign him for two years right off the bat. I know. Kind of strange. But again, you know, to me, I think we, Danny finally realized it. Like, am I going to do better than that? Am I yeah. going to hold out? But am I going to do better than Jabari Parker, who I know in that second unit will give me a guy that people have to respect? At least he can you – know, he's not good defensively. But ultimately, you put him in that second unit as opposed to some of the other guys. Like, who would you rather have, him or Shemi? Oh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a crying need. We've been talking about it for two years. So now you add him and Fournier. And Fournier. To the, to the so second unit. We don't know what they're going to look like either at that point. You know? Right. So that I mean, they're – how many, we can say that about so many teams, but the two teams that people, the, you know, the proponents of people have their eye on are, of course, the Nets and the Lakers. And, and, and it's right, right now the Nets are going to be a complete mystery guest. The, the Lakers, we know what to anticipate if they get healthy. We know who they are, you know, and uh, we know that. But we don't know who the, the Nets are until we with <laughs> a little more samples, a little larger sampling, you know? We're not yeah, sure I mean, are. listen, yeah, to I'll me. I'll say this, Jeff. Uh, uh, you know, Durant's been in now. Kyrie reminds you every now and then what an incredible talent he is. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. We, we know that. Night, right. He has 32. He makes, you know, big yeah. plays. He, uh, he, he, he is an extraordinary talent. He's what we talent. need is somehow we need a, a Celtics-Nets 
playoff series. That'd be fun. I don't know if we can get it. I mean, that would mean it's I mean, listen. The the pro- right now you're looking at it and you're saying like, all right, the Celtics probably going to be in that four or five game. Now, right now, the Knicks are actually fifth, which is amazing to me. The Knicks are thirty two and twenty. Let's get to the Knicks. All right. Um, when they signed, got to be coach of the year. When they hired Tibbs, you said what? Oh, I said no. Terrible hire. Terrible hire because he's not going to be able to figure out these young kids are going to hate Tibbs because he grinds on you, and they may hate him in a couple of years. But as long as they're winning, they're not, Tibbs can coach his ass off. We know that. He is a terrific coach. But I just felt like with this young team, they would, they would feel like they're, co- they're, they're playing in college again. And, and they don't want that. But listen, it's Julius Randle's team. Yeah, He's been awesome. There's been the Derrick Rose resurgence. And how much fun has that been? I'm really happy for him. Oh. Uh, I just say – there's a, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. We probably have. Uh, I, when, I, when I saw Derek Rose in college uh, up front in person uh, at regional and, and, the tour, and then the finals. So I saw him you know, three or four times in person. And I, uh, he did stuff that I've seldom seen. Yeah. Be careful of the words, always and never. But he did two things that separated him from most other guys at, at that position. One was it just seemed he had the sense of an extraordinary late burst to the hoop, a late burst, like the late life on your fastball. He had a late life on this explosion to the hoop. I don't know how. And secondly, the ability to laterally move in the air, to go up on the left-hand side of the basket and somehow wind up scoring and not just Kevin McHale, you know, a five foot arm loop, but just the whole body somehow move and laterally in a way that I'd never seen. And all which leads me to say that, and, to, and this was the true of the, of the old, to truly appreciate that Derrick Rose, you had to see him in person. Television wouldn't convey the feel that that guy brought to the game. He was special. And that's why having a guy like that robbed of his extra layer that separated him and, and reduced him to just a pretty damn good player, as opposed to a, oh my God, player, which he was, you know, um, uh, effortless I, I, too. It was, it was effortless. Really, That's what I always said when watching him. And I saw him. He's a part of the best backcourt I ever saw in AU, which was him and Eric Gordon. Oh wow! They were put together, and they they played off each other so well. And neither one said a word. Two of the quietest kids you will ever meet. They don't say a word. They don't talk trash. Nothing. They just went out there and like handed everybody their lunch. Like just <laughs> killed them. And uh, it was actually the. That was the year Eric Gordon was already committed to Illinois. And uh, Kelvin Sampson had his assistant, Jeff Meyer, trail him at every game at the Peach Jam, even though he was committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he eventually decommitted and went to Indiana. And I remember calling Kelvin after, and Kelvin denied it. And I'm like, Kelvin, you can deny all you want, but, like, I was there. I was at the <laughs> Peach Jam at every game. So I saw Jeff Meyer. Like, don't, don't bullshit me. Like, I know what you were doing. It worked. Whatever. Was it ethical? Maybe not, but you did it. You did it. Um, yeah, listen, Derek Rose, th- this this team, again, I just I, – I feel like when – when especially when they hired Leon Rose and World Wide West to run the, the organization, I was like, this is going to be a shit show. Like, there's no way this is going to work. Um, and then they hired Tibbs. And they got all the guys – their whole roster – 
is like former Leon Rose clients or Kentucky players. Yeah. That's how they put this team together. I mean, you go down the line and they draft quickly. They, they bring in Nerlens Noel. Um, <laughs> you know, Derek Rose was a CAA guy. Like Randall, I think, was this, all of them. I mean, just so many of them. Obi Toppin, uh, Kevin Knox, Kentucky, all of it. I'm like, this is not going to work at all. This is going to be brutal. And uh, now the question becomes, Bob, have they won enough to now put themselves in the equation where a Devin Booker or somebody of that ilk yeah. says, you know what? Yeah, I want to be in New York. I think I could take this franchise back. They've got enough good pieces. That's Maybe a I can- very good question. And, and already, you know, in the New York press, they're already looking ahead. You yeah. know, they're already assuming, as they love to do, no matter what sport, you know, it's baseball, the Yankees, doesn't matter. You know, oh, yeah, we, you, we have to, we deserve you. Right, you right, right. We're, we deserve we're you. Are. And so they're beating the drums already to see what's going to, because, you know, the the great failed thing of our recent times was, of course, LeBron. Yeah. They, they were, they had this fantasy, this, right. this wet dream that they were going to get LeBron, you know, and that never even came close. <laughs> well, to then him. they missed on KD and he goes to Brooklyn. Right, and he goes to Brooklyn. Yeah. So, you know, but it, I, I'm of the opinion and I know it's a cliche and I know it, it, it's insupportable yeah. in, in terms of empirical evidence that the league will be better off. It'll, be, it'll help the league when you have a good New York team. I believe yeah. in that. And I think having a polarizing team, people will line up, you know, if it's, if they're, if they're good enough to hate again, so much for that's great that's great and i it's you know it, they've been a joke for too long and with that one year that mike woodson sneaked in a 54 win season when nobody was looking uh you know and uh, uh other than that we know they have won one playoff series since 2000 since 99 when they got to the finals and i believe that's it right they won one or they yeah. played one but no they won one i think i yeah. mean look and, at this team though like julius randall rj barrett Derek Rose, Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens. Noel, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not exactly it's a, a who's who. It's on paper, does it? Well, they're, they're, Tibbs has got them to defend. You know, they're, they're, their defensive metrics and numbers are good. Yep. They're good. And, and by the way, you mentioned our local boy makes good, our local fellow, local man makes good. I've got to be careful with the word, of course. Uh, Nolan's Noel. Yeah. It was, he's helping them. Yeah, no, he's been good since Mitchell Robinson went out. Yeah, since he's Robinson been really went out, he's good. Time and he's helping him. Listen, that 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 four through seven deal is kind of it could go any which way, right? Atlanta, sure. the Knicks, the Celtics, and Miami can go any which way. You, you got to get in that four or five, like that for all those teams. You don't want to be, you know, to me six yeah. seven because. Six seven six is going to play Milwaukee, or 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 they're probably Milwaukee, unless Brooklyn falls. And seven, you might face Brooklyn in the first round. So you really, if you want to win a playoff series, you got to get yeah, you got to get in that four or five spot, and then then it's a kind of a toss up deal. Um, you know, Philly and Brooklyn right now, I would assume it'll end up being Philly. We'll get the number one seed and get you know a Charlotte, maybe Indiana. Indiana should go on a run here, but with Lamelo coming back. Soon, maybe Charlotte yeah. holds them off for the eighth spot. Um, you know, but to me, again, coach of the year, Tibbs. Um, I, I was wrong about the Knicks, but but I still want to see if the Knicks can capitalize on this or if this is oh, kind yeah. of a one-year deal. 
The Ryan and Goodman podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And we'd be, it's too bad about crowds because they would be filling that house with. with Oh, you're right. right Now they would be. Yep. And and it's, it's uh, you know, so maybe next year, you know, maybe uh, it'll be it'll be a, a place to go to again. And that, that would be good. Would you want, if you're the Knicks, would you want Carl Anthony Towns? Is he a guy that you feel like is worth it to take on and, and, and you know, a guy that you can build around? Or do you say no to Carl Anthony? He's from New Jersey. Yeah. What is do you do with yeah, him? But, I mean, you tell me because you're close. Is the yeah, but. What exactly is it? That he's not a killer. Yeah. That's he's, not, he's probably a good number two guy. And and really, like maybe he could be – like Julius Randle is proven right now he's an all-star. I mean, he, he I'd oh, rather Julius Randle than Carl Anthony Towns right Suddenly now. a triple-double candidate. He's awesome. And, uh, you know, no, but Towns is skilled. Yes, no question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I – yeah, I answer, answer your question, yeah, I would. I, I mean, Booker, Booker's got two more years in Phoenix, and they're winning now. Yeah. So, like, why would Devin Booker go to New York right now when they're finally winning in Phoenix? I don't think he would, as long as, again, Chris Paul's got a few more years left, and they feel like they can have a, a legitimate shot at going deep. Well, if that's the case about Paul, I mean, I, I, he's, 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 he's fooled me you know, how long, how well he's worn, how well he's he's. Keeps, keeps his body in great shape and, and mentally he, he's an absolute beast mentally I'm not a big Chris Paul fan as a, as a guy we've had our run-ins mm-hmm. a little bit uh, but I respect the hell out of Chris Paul in terms of just his competitiveness um, you know people told me stories coaches have told me stories he, he's the guy that like literally they're playing pickup and he's playing pickup like it's in an NBA finals game that sounds like Michael yeah. Yeah. Just like not only competitive, but also competitive with the thought of teaching the young guys. No. I mean, like whoever the young guys are, this is how you play all the time. You know, you, you're not screwing around. Remember, for people who don't know, early on Michael's career in the Doug Collins era, um, they, they had a blow up because Doug didn't want to, it wasn't keeping score in the scrimmage. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that offended that. Michael Grayley. Yep. Everything's <laughs> got to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Paul's, <laughs> Chris Paul is an old school guy like that. He is. Yeah. He could have played in the eighties. No yeah, problem. I, I he, would have, he would have fit in. He would have fit in. I can see that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who the Knicks go after. I mean, that that's, that's the interesting question. They're going to need somebody else to get to a higher level. Um, but, but what they've done is, is, is super impressive. Uh, all right. Let, let's close with uh, one college topic. I want to actually, you have a stat. I want to bring up. Get a, to that. Yeah. Just quickly. I was just look, glancing at the paper. It's yeah. almost a week gone by now. And they, they, uh, they had the uh, 
the statistical leaders of the NBA. And I'm looking at the top rebounders. One did, and I'm looking, hmm, hmm, hmm. And I said, whoa, I don't know what this means. We're going to talk about what this means. The top eight rebounders in, in, in the league per game, as of, as of five or six days ago, yeah. were all Europeans. Read them off. Who are they? One, Clint Capella of Switzerland. Two, Rudy Gobert of La Belle France. <laughs> Three, Valencianis, forget his first name, of Lithuania. Four, Eric Kantner of Cantor of Turkey. Yeah. Five, Vucevic, Montenegro. Six, Donatus Sabonis, Lithuania. Seven, Ioannis Antetokounmpo of Greece. <laughs> and eight, Nikola Jokic of Serbia. And then number nine is a guard, Westbrook. Where are tower. the American big men? They're standing out shooting threes. Where are the American big men? They can't. You can't get rebounds when you're standing outside the three-point yeah, arc. But, but you know, all right. But but uh, all right, yeah, we're right. So bonus is a shift. Actually, no. The only one of those a pure three-point guy is this Jokic there in the about the whole list, right? Yeah. But he's big and strong and still goes down and does work. Like so, but isn't that so funny? much? So much for the soft Europeans, Bob. So but much says, for the soft. That says they're, one skilled, thing. they're skilled and tough. That's it what they are. For sure. If that doesn't in the, uh, just put a punctuation mark on the globalization of the NBA in the, in the 21st century, nothing that else I can cite to you would. And once again, rest his soul, uh, Boris Yankstankovich, who, who was the man, was, who no. basically in, insisted on the dream team uh, back in 1992, uh, and and that just fast forwarded everything in the world to get to the point where we have a moment in 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 April of 2021 where the top eight rebounders in the NBA are all European born and bred. Uh, the only one of these guys who played American college. Oh, two can't can't never played, did he? Cannon never played a second game. Cannon didn't play a day. He didn't it's play. It's a bonus. He played at Gonzaga. And he played it. It was essentially an international branch. Right. It, right. Gonzaga might as well be located in, in, in uh, you know, uh, Nice. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm looking down the, the rebounding leaders for the last few years. And Andre Drummond, three straight years. Whiteside was one. DeAndre Jordan was a few. Dwight Howard, Kevin Love, KG, yeah. Yeah. Ben Wallace. Rodman, I mean, like you go back and like, but it has changed. It has absolutely changed. I just yeah. so for what that's a need for what it's worth department, but it it, it yeah. is intriguing, don't you think? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have known that unless you you <laughs> told me, and I don't know. I'm I'm just not sure who who it is that's going to be that guy that can come in. I'm trying to think of like somebody. Well, well, number number. 10 is the first American, Aiton. He's the yeah. first. And then next up, his name has come up in the conversation already, Randall. Yeah, Randall. I, I think Bam Adebayo could be a and guy that, that, that could be. By the way, there. what if someone told you two years ago, or even last year, the Heat were going to run a clock down to win a game, and the guy who would be going ISO – 10, 9, 8. I'm sitting, honest to God, Jeff, I'm not lying. I'm sitting in my 
easy chair, my chair, you know, the chair, everybody has the chair, right? And I'm going, do something. I'm, I'm a, and I don't care who wins the game. Right. I'm right, just right. a patron of the art here. I don't care who wins the game. I'm watching this game and I'm going, because I'm a friend that he's doing this, you know. Bam out of bio hits the game winner at the buzzer, ISOing. He's talented. He's wow. got so much talent. He just, <laughs> people don't even realize how talented he is and, and the things he can do. Um, all right. I, I will give you a guy yes. who will be a good rebounder in a few years. Uh, his name Tell is me about Chet, Clint Holgren. Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren, excuse Chet me. Chet Holmgren. Tell me about Chet Holmgren. Like, like seven Mo- feet. Uh, he's seven feet, like 195 pounds, soaking yeah, wet. And he is a complete goofball. And he's a guy who just makes fun of himself. I mean, got like floppy hair, doesn't look the part, uh, wasn't very good years ago. You know, I did an interview with him and, and this kid, Paulo Benchero, who's going to Duke this year um, in the pandemic. I had them both on and and they were both awesome. But Chet was just, again, like that big guy who is comfortable in his skin. There aren't many of them. Those oh, seven footers. That can make fun of themselves. That is a book that has never been written, which, which, or at least it's a great magazine article. The psychology of the big man. Oh, we could talk about that. I can, I can give you my own chapter and verse on people, you know, that the psychology of them. Uh, But anyway, I'm glad to hear that about him because it's a very. Chet, Chet's going to need to put on weight, but, but the number one player or arguably the number one player, him and Paolo, who, like I said, is going to do. Holmgren is the number one player right now, and he's going through Gonzag. And he'll be surprised. I mean, this was like in the works for forever. You know, he could have went to the G League and probably made my guess is the G League probably would have paid him upwards of seven, eight hundred thousand, somewhere of that uh, ilk. But he's from Minnesota. Same program. Oh, I love I, I, I love this high school. Mini haha. Mini haha. Mini haha. <laughs> yeah, make this shit up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and man. I saw him a few years ago, and he is just fun to watch because he competes. Like, he knows he doesn't have that, that, that Bill Lambert body, Lambert body. No. He goes in there and bangs, and he is not afraid of anybody, and he'll talk shit on the court, and he'll have fun doing it. I, love, and, I can't. You got me fired up to see no. this kid. Drew Timmy and, and Chet Holmgren next year up front, and we need Andrew Nemhard to come back. That's the key because – they need to have a point guard. They got a kid, Hunter Salas, who's coming in, who's a top 10 recruit also. So Gonzaga, how about this? Gonzaga, Bob, has two of the top 10 players in the country, recruits coming in next year. Do you know how many Kentucky has? Zero. 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 Like, what is going on? What, what, has, what has happened with college basketball? No, I know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we have a lot. We'll be talking about that a lot next year, I'm sure. Uh, oh, my God. Now, the whole Gonzaga thing is, is it's just fabulous. It's fascinating. Yeah, um, I mean, listen. Well, and with Chet, Chet Holmgren. How about Scott Drew? Scott Drew today did a uh, Instagram live interview with my daughter, with Talia, today. Oh, really, huh? Yeah. And, and not only did he do it, he kept asking her, <laughs> when do you want to do it? For the last two weeks. Like, <laughs> the guys won a national title. And, you know, it's it's always these things. Um, like, like, when somebody does something for your kids – you never, ever, ever forget it, right? Oh, yeah, like, right, right. Like that, you're putting them on a different pedestal. Yeah. And Scott Drew has been amazing with my daughter and in 
even early on in the pandemic, when she started doing these interviews mm -hmm. with athletes, saying how great she was doing, telling her to do more, having me try to integrate her in some of the, like we did one last week with Scott Drew and 40 former and current Baylor players. Jared, but we hosted it. He wanted Talia to be involved in it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we hosted it together. And like that stuff, you, you never forget yeah. that as a father. No, you no. never forget that. No, oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Always good to hear about a good guy. You know. So yeah, Gonzaga, the number one player in the country, Chad Holmgren. And I'm telling you, Bob, like it's going to be must, uh, you know, it always is with Gonzaga, especially in the non-conference early. You know, they'll play some good teams. I think they're playing Duke. Uh, early on in the season next year. Um, but but that combination, those two big men, and I think Drew Timmy will come back. I think he needs to come back, and he knows it. You know, he's probably a second-round pick right now. Uh, and, and, you know, with Holmgren, um, he'll be more of a featured, you know, I mean, he put up numbers anyway, but he can get better. Like, there's certain things that he, he's he got to improve on, his, his lateral quickness, um, his outside shot. You know, like he's got to he's got to become more like everybody these days. You better be able to make a shot from 15, 18 feet consistently. Yeah. And really, he hasn't done much of that at Gonzaga. So I think he and Holmgren will be fun. Uh, but it, just amazing, again, that Gonzaga is getting the number one player in the country. And nobody's well, surprised. It's an appeal. I mean, I it is amazing. I guess, but we're getting more and more. Used to, we're now in the year 22. Yeah. This all this all came started to blossom in, in, in 1999. When they went to the final eight, were defeated by UConn. All right, right. Calhoun's first, as he went on to win his first championship, and and uh, that team with Matt Santangelo and Richie Frame and Calvary, Casey Calvary. Casey Calvary right? was a big piece. Yeah. yeah, and I discovered them personally the next year in they did. Uh, in in in, uh, in your town, Tucson. Oh, is that where they played that year? <laughs> yeah. Did they? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, uh, and Mark Few's first year. And uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. We'll uh, we will be back next week. We'll 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 have another stat from Bob. Bob will come up with something uh, every every week. I, uh, I no, don't, don't, you'll be putting pressure. You're putting pressure. Pressure on, on you. It's it's. I think you can do it. I know you can do it. Between box scores and, and stats. Right, well, yeah. well, there we go. Come up with Speaking something which, every week. I was reminded of the you know. Uh, April 20th is the anniversary, 35th anniversary of Michael Jordan's 63-point game. Oh, it is. And wow. in the course of the game, the Bulls were 0 for 2 on threes, and the Celtics were 3 for 9. And <laughs> Michael had 22 field goals, 19 free throws, and no threes for 63. And Larry uh, had two of those threes. He had really? 36, 12, and 8. And without the benefit of the three, uh, except, you know, Two extra points they got from the three. The final score of the game was 135, 131. In uh, of course it was it was two overtimes, but you know. Oh right. now, now we don't need two overtimes to get to 266 points. Oh, and I I gotta leave you with this one. And because we, we were talking about we began talking about Steph and what he's doing, it's historic. We've never seen anything like it. I will say this: if the game had been different, if the encouragement was there, we don't know what Larry would have done. But I will tell you this: there was a road trip. In 1986, in February, four or five game road trip that they 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 went on, and Larry went 25 for 34 on threes in that road trip. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I I think Larry would have you know, and he hated he, he thought the three was he didn't like it he thought it was he thought it was he didn't philosophically he was, but 
you know, hey, it's there. I might as well, you know. He would have embraced it even more, right? I oh, mean, yeah. imagine, okay. imagine him in this era, oh. and, and right. I mean, how much he would have worked on it. Um, oh yeah, I would have bet yeah. on Larry. I would have bet on Larry being maybe not Steph, but but maybe the number two shooter. In, in, in all right, I'm going to exit. I know we've said, but I, I have to. We're talking threes. We're talking Larry. My favorite Larry Bird three story, which is one night in Chicago before the game. He's shooting. I'm talking to him. And I said, I'll bet you five bucks you can't make a left-hand three-pointer. And he said, out of how many? I said, all night. So he goes in the corner naturally, you know, smart thing. Second one, swish. <laughs> so I hand him I hand him the five, and he goes like this, and he puts it inside his sock. And I, to this day, I pray and hope that he played that whole game with that $5 I'm bill. I'm sure he did. And I bet he did. I'm sure he did. No, there were, listen – that, that's what we should do. At some point, we should we should try to get like three guys on who played against Larry in his heyday to just tell like Larry trash oh. talk oh. stories. I'd love to get yeah oh yeah there's right sure be great. I mean I think we can do it. We can do All it. Right. We'll, we'll we'll try to get that going at some point here in the off season. All right. Well, listen. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us as always. Uh, the Ryan and Goodman podcast. You can find it uh, anywhere you listen to your pods. Uh, You can watch us uh, on Twitter. We have it on every single week, and uh, we'll be back next week.